Hello and welcome back to another episode of Creative Corporates. This week we want to offer some helpful tips and advice for Year 11 and 12 students currently preparing for their end of school exams, so their HSC, VCE or equivalent. We've really tried to focus on understanding that it's a difficult time for many, particularly during lockdown where you're doing these tough exams from home. So to help you, we've culminated a number of pieces of advice from our CC community and we've brought in a HSC specialist by the name of George Vashai, who is a lawyer, tutor and entrepreneur. George was a HSC star, a four-unit state rank. He has then studied law and applied finance. He has eight years as a private tutor and six years running his own tutoring practice, Accelerated Tuition, focused specifically on year 11 and 12 exams. Welcome to the podcast, George. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Awesome. So we thought we'd really focus on what was our lived experience during the HSC? What would we have done differently? What did we think we did well? How have we gone to tutor? And what did we notice when we were tutoring? As well as tips that we have on adapting to suit COVID and lockdown. So maybe I'll open the floor. What was our lived experience during HSC? What did we study? George, we might start with you. Okay, so... During HSC, I just thought I would, you know, tackle all the hardest subjects I could possibly bear, one one person could possibly handle. So, yeah, I started off doing four-unit maths, I even did a bit of extension English, uh, physics, chemistry, everything, just like a, as much as I could take on in year 11. And then I thought I'll just drop off as much as I can and do the bare minimum uh, when it comes to year 12. And then, uh, yeah, it worked out well for me because I, I think I did pretty well. Yeah, I think the state, <laughs> state ranking is definitely pretty well. And that's very different to Cardi as well. Yeah, super different to me in that I chose pretty much all the creative subjects that were on offer. Um, so that ranged from art, music, music extension, English, English extension, French and German. Yeah, interesting. And then so I did similar. So I did German modern history, legal studies, English, definitely very like humanities based, uh, legal studies as well. Um, and so I think between us, we've kind of got a bit of a varied experience that we can kind of provide maybe a well-rounded series of tips about what worked well. If we reflect on it overall, what are the things that we think we did well during the HSC that we could share? Um, and then maybe things we think we could have done differently yeah I can I can definitely share on that because uh yeah I started off my HSC in like absolute shambles and not knowing you know not having a clear sense of direction and I didn't even know what subject I wanted to pick I just knew that oh whatever I'll just try to get as, as best mark as I can in year 11 and then when it started getting serious in year 12 I thought oh my god everyone's taking this so seriously I've got to step up to the plate and so I really knuckled down, especially in the last parts of the HSC, literally like every single hour of the day, tried to utilize it efficiently to study and like try to get as much information into my head as possible. That maybe came from a place of guilt from having um, procrastinated for the previous parts of it. But it, I think it was definitely helpful that I pushed myself super hard in those times. Uh, I didn't like neglect other aspects like health. 
So I, I did try to play as much sports and stuff as possible because I felt like that was super important. Um, I didn't want to burn myself out because it is possible to burn out even in a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I still pushed through and uh, just every single, spent every single waking hour living, breathing HSC. Oh, the dream. I can imagine. I think <laughs> it was tough. I think it was tough. I was reflecting on this when we were preparing for the podcast. Like I still have HSC nightmares where I like wake up and I'm like late to my German speaking exam <laughs> or I like rock up to an English paper and I haven't memorized word for word my essay and I have to like think on the fly and honestly like I did HSC in 2012 so it's like a good long time ago but it's something that sticks with us for better or for worse I'm gonna say for worse um, but it's definitely yeah, I think one thing that I don't regret, even though it wasn't my best mark, was definitely language. So, so many friends and cardio, I'm wondering if you experienced this as well. Like so many people go, why would you choose a language, particularly if you're not a native speaker? Um, what's the value that that brings? You know, but speaking to friends and a lot of friends who did language, you know, later on they were able to pick that up during university, when you go traveling, eventually, you know, it's something that can stay with you for life and is one of those super transferable subjects. So I think choosing that, even though it was really tough and definitely outside my comfort zone and was so independent of everything else that I studied because, you know, you'd walk into a classroom and you'd be speaking German for an hour and then you'd walk out and you'd have to go back to English and you, because you don't, you're not so exposed to it, that's really difficult. But I have no regrets in terms of studying it. How much German can I speak now? Um, next question. <laughs> <laughs> on the topic of creative subjects is if there was any advice I could pass on to anyone that is deliberating whether you need to choose particular subjects is you need to first focus on what it is that you're fundamentally interested in. Because in times when you're under pressure, you need to rely on the motivation and the interest that you have in a subject and have actual, really the sheer love for learning drive everything that you do. So if you are forcing yourself to learn something, particularly in a period where you're already struggling for whatever reasons, particularly in a lockdown where you're missing out, for example, on socializing, um, your just general physical well-being because you might be restricted outdoors. You've got to be really practical and realistic and go, it's not going to put you in a better position trying to force something out of you that just isn't there. And there's always time in the future to be able to, you know, jazz up on particular skills. You know, the HSC really should be a reflection of what it is that you love learning about and it should encourage you to want to learn more, you know, and whether that's by, you know, reading books, you know, because you're doing lots of different English subjects and so that you want to be more well-read, to be more creative, to provide more insight. Um, into your stories, that's what it should be encouraging. Same with history. You know, if you have a love for, you know, whether it be modern or ancient, hopefully that just helps you become better read 
in those areas as opposed to just focusing on what the syllabus is. Sometimes just being an all-rounder actually leaves you in a better space. So don't think about, oh, four-unit maths, four-unit English, that's going to tick off the list if you are fundamentally not geared towards you know, doing the maths and the statistics and finance and same if you're just not the reader um, that someone else is, don't force it out of you. I I 100% agree with that and I always advise that to my students. I mean, I get a lot of people who have parents who expect a lot out of them and they go, well, to meet my parents' expectations, I've got to do four-unit maths, I've got to do this and I'm, I'm so against that because I chose – those subjects, for example, four unit maths and physics, because I was actually really good at those and I actually enjoyed that stuff. If you don't enjoy that, don't think that you need to choose that in order to do well, because that is one of the biggest mistakes a person can make. And an anecdote in my story is I thought, well, you know what, I've got all these other hard subjects. What, what can I fill in the blanks with? And I ended up choosing chemistry and it was my worst performing subject because I absolutely hated chemistry. But as I said, because I dropped all the subjects from year 11 to year 12, I had nothing left to drop. So I was like, okay, well, I've just got to perform in this one subject that I absolutely hate. And so I really do agree with that. Cardi, you've got to play to your strong suit. Always pick the subjects that you feel you would enjoy or, you know, could potentially be good at. Yeah. And I think then on that, George, I mean, there may be some students listening who got, it's too late. I'm already here. So I guess when you're dealing with subjects, particular difficult subjects, thinking about how can then you make that bearable or more interesting. I mean, you, you might have experienced that with some of the kids that you've got who are kind of like, I mean, I'm in here now and I can't drop anything else. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely got a point on that, which is focus on the outcome. Yeah. So you may not be maths with 101. But if you can maybe have a chat to your parents and go, well, where can I apply maths in the real world outside of the HSC? And they can tell you, you know what, you can apply it in, you know, X, Y, and Z spaces. That I think gives you a much more tangible result to go, I'm learning this not just for what's in the syllabus, but it's to help me grow as a person above and beyond what my HSC mark is. And so sometimes taking a step back from what the HSC mark gives you in a one-off period in time helps you see the bigger picture because if you want to be successful, it's more about how can you apply learning in the real world. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think I think some I think it's look, I look at math as a key example, like just understanding math as a basis for finance, personal finance, understanding where your money goes. There's there's a huge correlation there. I think maybe not yourself, George, but friends of mine who liked chemistry um have definitely said it's that understanding how things fit together and that foundational basis has been really good in terms of them understanding the world better I think the reason I've loved modern history so much was because I was able to better understand why society is the way it was today and also gave me enough context to be like well then if this is the way it is and obviously things can change because it has in the past so it gives you more of that critical thinking 
I remember particularly around um, in modern history, it was like look at, looking at a primary source and being like, what's the bias? What's the opinion? What's the agenda that they're pushing in this photograph or in this um, article? And that is so foundational in terms of critical thinking and applying that to the real world today. You know, we look at the age of misinformation, being able to understand when you're reading something or when you're listening to something, what is that person's agenda? What's their opinion? You know, what's their inherent bias? Those are all things that are really transferable. Um, okay, I think we've covered that. I think, you know, we've all tutored in some capacity after we finished as well. We've had then our experience. When you sort of approaching tutoring for students, what's the way that you think that they can develop and that they learn best? And is that different for, for example, some of the mistakes or lessons that you may have had coming out of the HSC? The, the main thing I say to students to get them, you know, really into the HSC spirit is you've got to literally live and breathe HSC as your main goal. Like if you're in year 12, you've got nothing else to do. Don't, don't tell me you've got like games to catch up on or this or that. Your main aim in life is pretty much HSC. That's not to say stress out and go, oh, this is the be all and end all. But you've pretty much for that one year got that one task. It's like starting up a business. If you really wanted to start up a successful business, what are you going to do? You're going to put everything else to the side and go, okay, for this period of time, might not be a year, but for this period of time, I'm going to focus solely on my business. You've got to know the ins and outs. You've got to know the numbers. You've got to know everything. So with HSC, if you really want to be successful, you've got to live and breathe it. You've got to know everything about the subject that you're you know, wanting to do well in and all the subjects that you're studying. You've got to know the syllabus dot points. You've got to really You've got to have it on your mind because a lot of people think, yeah, I've studied really hard for this for, you know, however many hours in, in that day, and then they ignore it for a week. What happens when they come back to the subject a week later? They've forgotten everything. Why? Because it's not at the fore of their mind. So what you've got to do is for all your subjects, keep it at the fore of your mind. Practically, that means putting up notes, maybe on your fridge, writing up or drawing up a poster with all the important information, sticking it up on your wall. Having those little things and pretty much if you're living in your subject, as, as sad as that sounds, if you're living in your subject, you will eventually do well. It's, it's whatever you put your mind to, you will do well in that, in that thing. And so you've touched on some really interesting points about living and breathing. So that goes towards maybe first of all, working out, well, how best do you learn? So are you a visual person? You know, do you work based on, for example, taking a photo of information and then just memorizing it or you, are you more responsive to colors? So you think you need to waste time using different colored highlighters and tabs um, and post-it notes? No, it's not a waste. I promise it works. <laughs> so there's a bit of that. Don't worry, I fall into that category. Um, or the flip side is maybe you work best by listening to material and learning it that way or, you know, having information that's just readily available to you, um, you know, that's stuck up on the walls. So I think first working out how best you learn is a smart way to learn. So by way of example is when you're saying live and breathe, right, say in the context of a language, right, the native language here in Australia is English. And so they're 
particularly when you're stuck at home um, and you don't have a family that, you know, also speaks a different language, then for you to live and breathe that, maybe you need to start really by changing everything on your computer or on your television if you watch television so that it's on translated into that language so that you're living and breathing as if you were in France or in Germany, Greece, whatever language that you're doing, you need to recreate an environment that makes that possible. And then the second thing is, you know, if you, rather than focusing on just rote learning, just practicing speaking, you know, when you're by yourself, maybe you need to voice record yourself and then be able to listen to that. So rather than listening to music when you're going on your walks, maybe you want to, not really by want, but need to listen to yourself, you know, monologuing in a different language. But my whole point there is there are different methods and ways of learning and working out how you best take in that information is really valuable so that you can be more effective. Yeah, I love that. And I've tried all those techniques. I remember my English belonging essay I would have on loop while I would go to bed. And I think for this solid year after, I could still recite the introduction paragraph. I think to both of your points, one thing I would add is it's not like you're living and breathing the HSC alone. So you've got a whole cohort of friends from different schools who are also in the same boat. Now, I fully recognize that for a lot of people, maybe doing it solo is what works for them. But the best thing I found was I always had a group of friends that were also doing the similar subjects. And we really focused on the idea of learn, do, teach. So a lot of what we would do, for example, I remember in legal studies is we would have focused study sessions where we would practice explaining the content to each other. So for example, this concept of state sovereignty, how does it work? And actually by teaching it to this group and hearing people's insights, you were then better able to position how well am I actually understanding this content and where are my gaps And so why I think that's really effective is because when you're in that space and particularly where it's literally rote learning content for a lot of these subjects, ancient history, a lot of the HSIE subjects, it's not like it's particularly going to change, but then it comes down to how you write it and how you reason. So I found that particularly helpful um, and I would really recommend that. Look, I think why that's also important is coming out of school you realize the real world is not like a solo sport. Like a lot of work environments are focused on teaming and collaboration. So learning those skills throughout is super helpful. It might also be that your friendship group says, okay, we're all going to do this paper, practice paper. And so we check in and we can feel and simulate like we're in that exam. And then that way we can reflect on what did we do well or what did we do not so well. And then that way, again, it's, particularly important during lockdown when you still want to have some social time, but it is also digitally draining. So you can still feel like I'm studying my friends, I'm still learning that, and I'm learning something in the process. So those would kind of be some tips as well. I think that living and breathing point, um, you know, when you're thinking about a lot of kids at home right now, George, I'm sure you have plenty of your students who are in this boat, 
you know, one thing that was a constant piece of feedback from our community when we asked was having a dedicated study space or a dedicated room that you could really be like, this is my study room. Now, not everyone has that luxury. One thing I remember reading was then you can create that space in different ways. So it might be like you wear a particular jacket every time you study. So you can simulate like this is when I'm focused. Another one was have a special scent. So from a candle or incense that you have when you're studying. So you associate that scent to this is my focus time. Might be a particular playlist. There's certain songs I can't listen to from Swedish House Mafia because they relate to my um, essays. So little things like that can really help you in terms of creating that sphere and that space, particularly during lockdown, you know, where everything is in the confines of your own home. I'm going to add one more point to that. Yeah. And it's a big point that I remembered, and it is a transferable skill in life as well, and that is to be honest with yourself. A lot of people are studying to please somebody or to prove a point. You want to please your parents. You want to show somebody that you can do this. But be honest with yourself and just be like, why am I doing the HSC? I want to get a good mark to get into this. Or maybe I just want to get a good mark. Maybe you don't need a reason. So when you're honest with yourself, you're able to tackle deeper issues. And a huge issue in the HSC, and we've this is the elephant in the room, it's procrastination. Procrastination is just something that everybody literally uh, does. Everyone does it. I'm guilty of it. Everyone's guilty of it, right? And if you're honest with yourself and your true intentions behind getting the good mark, not to prove it to anybody, but just to yourself, then those kind of issues are more addressed because you actually want to perform better. It comes out of a place of wanting to do better rather than trying to prove it to someone. And so you procrastinate because at the end of the day, let's say someone's chasing up on you and go and, and goes, how much work have you done? And you go, oh, yeah, I've done all this and this and this. And you're just kind of like proving it to them. Whereas if you're doing it for yourself, well, then you get to the end of the day, you haven't done any work and you go, oh, what am I doing with my life? I've really got to get on like on track and focus. I can't play that game or go through social media like I have for the past four hours on my phone. As, and I promised myself that I would be studying. Because it's not for anybody else, it's for you. And if you're honest with yourself, you're going to put that procrastination to the side and really knuckle down and just do the hard yards just till you get your mark. And I think this goes into people realising that when you're preparing, whether it be for a major work or any sort of academic subject, is that you don't benefit from cramming because what ends up happening is you you're right you might take on a bit of luck at for example your trial exams or it might even be the HSC but what's the point in rote learning and cramming if you can't actually apply those principles outside of the HSC you want to be an adaptable individual as a person the HSC is a guide to encourage you to get to that so on to your point, George, is yes, absolutely focusing on doing it for you, but also doing it for you doesn't have to be attached to a mark. It ha- What it, I think it also should be is about you progressing as an individual. At that period of time, you know, being a 17 or 18-year-old, you don't have that big a view because no one's talking about that so much. Your final view is your goal is to live in this household and achieve good marks. 
for the benefit of everyone that is keeping a roof over your head, which I think sounds like something we've all experienced. So my whole point there, though, is they're saying that because they want you to be a better individual that can survive on their own outside of the HSE environment. And sometimes taking off that pressure, particularly for kids that are in the HSE at the moment where they're isolated, they don't have school, and this is a new learning environment from them. You know, putting on pressure that you need to do well doesn't allow you to thrive. So what really I'm trying to get at there is changing your mindset on why it is that you're doing what it is for you, which is what you've said, George, but also topping that off with not necessarily for it being for a mark, but really emphasizing that it's going to benefit you in the future so that you can get, for example, your first job, so that you can adapt in new circumstances, take on new experiences, and just be more of an open-minded individual. Yeah. I think also jumping onto the concept of social learning is what one of the best ways to learn is when you're teaching is teaching to people that don't actually do that subject and going, you know what, when you're doing a study schedule, so you might already be doing that in Excel, you might be doing that on Google Calendar, or you might be doing that on a physical calendar so that you're allocating, for example, one or two hour windows for each subject throughout the course of the week so that by the end of the week, you can go, you know what, I've allocated, you know, two hours across every day. So that by times five, you've got 10 hours that you've subject for a particular subject. And that is a reflection of how much you've progressed and grown as an individual that you can then offer that information to someone that isn't learning the subject but might be interested in learning. Um, And having that clearly outlined gives you a really clear guideline of the effort that you're putting in as well so that you can clearly track, you know, where you're going with each subject rather than it being a case of, oh, I feel like doing this and I don't feel like doing that. So you end up doing, what, 10 hours on one subject and then, you know, the bare minimum for the other and being surprised why maybe the result isn't as good. When you can track your progress, that's a fantastic way to really be very intentional about what you do. Yeah, and I think to that point, these skills are really important because once you get to uni, like no one's holding your hand, right? So building all of this early on is really important because – Nothing will feel as stressful as the HSC, you know. Uni, yeah, it's stressful like we all did law, stressful, but it was in a different way because I think what you get out of your HSC to your point, Cardi, is you learn how to deal with that stress and manage higher workloads. And particularly for those who want to enter professions where, you know, it's high time pressure, lots of hours, this is all foundation building that you'll need. And, and people who haven't developed that earlier on, I think do struggle later when then they have to juggle other things because it only gets more and more difficult. So being able to master those soft skills now and is really important and is transferable in and of itself. I think from a mental health perspective as well, one thing I've really thought about thinking about why we procrastinate and how to overcome it, still trying to learn, but is largely 
you owe it to yourself not to have that weight and that guilt of not studying. So wouldn't you rather have at the end of the day that feeling of reward and that you've achieved something over I didn't do this thing and now I feel the guilt, you know, for for a well-being perspective, I think that that plays a significant part. I definitely noticed that, you know, I'm not sure how schools are doing it at the moment with HSC students, but if you are mirroring the way that you were attending school, but at home in your study, that's going to give you good results and then also more effectively studying. So by way of example, you know, if you're starting school at say eight, you might do two hours of study from eight till 10, have your morning tea, but your morning tea break might be, you know, getting your phone off mum or dad because you might've given it to them beforehand to just encourage you to concentrate and picking that up and going, you know what, now is 30 minutes of social time, snacking, um, and then maybe even calling a friend to go, you know what, I'd really like to teach you something that I just learned. What do you think? And then encouraging a healthy discussion around ideas. And following on from that, you'll then maybe hit 10.30, 12.30, you might do another study session. And then you'll continue your day like in, in that fashion, but incorporating different aspects of exercise and social time for both. Is that something similar to what you've spoken to your kids about, George? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like more to your point on that, with the HSC, I, I see that if you look at it as a system which kind of develops you and like moves you forward, you're able to really motivate yourself in that you see it as a way to actually, you know, get better in, in life, I guess, to level up in life. Because the, what the HSC is doing is it's assessing how well you are able to understand and retain information and concepts. So, you know, it's not necessarily the smartest kids that get the highest marks, but it is the kids that work the hardest. And so what the HSC tells future employers and even yourself is how hard are you able to push yourself? How hard are you able to actually have a goal and work towards that goal and maintain that drive? Because we all know the HSC is a two-year long process. It's a huge, um, you know, it's a huge process. People burn out, new things happen in life. There's a lot that goes on. And if you're able to maintain a strong and dedicated um, way to achieve your goal, then that's what employers essentially want. And also that's what you should want for your life. You should be able to set goals and really work hard towards them. And I think going on ideas of how to study more effectively is you've got to think about looking at the rubric and looking at the syllabus. What are they actually asking and making notes around that as opposed to thinking that you've got to memorize and write learn everything in a textbook? Because I, to be quite honest, definitely thought that, oh, I just want to learn everything. But is that actually working smart? No. And that's what I would definitely change and go, it's not about learning the bare minimum, but it's about working in a way that actually answers the question. Other ways to do that is, you know, obviously you've got to look at past papers, but past papers are time consuming. And so advice that, you know, one of our community members shared that did very well is that if you know you've got a weakness and that might be preparing an answer 
you know, an essay, for example, in 40 minutes, rather than trying to complete the entire past paper in the span of two and a half hours or three hours, focus on just fixing your weak point and using those past paper exams to write an essay in 40 minutes um, and doing that over and over again so that that aspect of completing the exam has improved. It's not to say that you wouldn't ever do the whole past paper, but my point is if you've got a weakness, you need to address that first and then you can work on doing past papers overall. But I think the main take-home is work smart by working out, you know, working out how you best learn. So whether that's visually, listening, memorizing, creating a new environment that recreates, you know, a learning space for you. Secondly, using the syllabus, using the rubric, don't think you just need to rote learn a textbook because you know what? Every single school or nearly every single school uses a different textbook to teach the materials. And that I didn't realize until much later. So learning your textbook doesn't mean that you're going to come out better. And then thirdly is using your friends to discuss ideas when you're socializing. You know, it doesn't have to be to catch. Obviously, you can just catch up as well. But you'll learn that friends that stay with you in the long term are those that you can speak to about ideas. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think all of these things are really helpful to your point around past papers, Cardi. Things I've noticed as well, if people are wanting to maybe go through more volume but have uh, have time constrained, I think about a lot of those essay-heavy subjects like modern history, ancient history, is jot down an exam um, essay response plan over writing the whole thing. So then when you come back and you look at all the things you've achieved, okay, I, I know how to write an essay generally at this point. But I might think, well, then when I go back and recite, I'm really just looking at my dot points again. I'm really looking at my key pieces of information. And particularly if you're a visual learner, then you can almost visualize that that plan in your exam as a way easier way to to memorize than, for example, verbatim of all of those words. So those would be really good insights. I think what I'd really like to round out this conversation with is putting HSC in perspective. So I guess living life beyond the HSC, what do we really think matters in the end? We've spoken so far a lot about those qualities of tenacity, adaptability that absolutely employers are looking for, but perhaps anything else we'd like to share in terms of what really matters at the end of those two years. Anyone listening to me is probably going, this guy's crazy, like the way he's pushing like for how he wants people to perform as a tutor. I wouldn't want him, but as a tutor, yeah, that's what I'm going to push you for because if you come to me and say, I want to get a high mark, well, okay, I'll pay that away for you to get a high mark. That's what you have to do to get a really high mark. However, putting the HSC in total perspective, getting a high mark and getting a, you know, a really high ATAR is not the be all and end all. There are so many avenues and ways around. And I can't believe I'm saying this now because when I was in my HSC, I literally was like, yeah, right. That's just what they say to us to make us feel better about getting bad marks. And I, and I would literally like, I would be the most savage person be like, whoever says that's just dumb, you know, like, but, but, but now I literally cannot believe that I am now passing on this information and being 
guys, seriously, it is not the be all and end all. I mean, even with me in, in my year from my school, I was the only person to actually make it like into law by actually achieving the mark. A lot of people got in through other avenues and extra marks here and bonus marks there, or maybe doing another subject and then transferring in after a year. And they still completed their degree at the same time as me. And that doesn't impact their, their nothing. It doesn't impact anything at all. So, so putting it into perspective, yes, like as a short-term goal, you want to try to achieve as, as well as you can and as high as you can by putting into place everything we've spoken about. But looking at it in terms of your overall life picture, like relax, it's not the end of the world if you don't do that well or as well as you think you should have. I definitely hear you on that, George. I definitely thought at the time that anyone that was preaching that it was going to be okay really just didn't do well, to be quite honest, and just didn't want to share their ATAR mark. Um, But I've learned since then that the reality is it's because it actually doesn't matter. Um, and it really took me a while to, to take that in. But I think why that is, is because it comes down to your self-confidence. So I think what happens is if you attach your confidence and just self-awareness to a mark, and if you think someone that does well means that they, you know, are more outspoken, whereas someone that maybe didn't do as well is less, that is just a perception and that's probably where you're going wrong. So what if you're taking care of yourself, your mental health, your well-being and being able to communicate better and disassociating with the mark, no one is going to care about your mark because it's about how you present yourself as an individual and the energy that you bring to the table will be attached to you. On top of that is what you can take from it is using the HSC as fantastic opportunity to talk about your experience of how you were able to adapt, how you were able to be resilient, how you overcome challenges, i.e. all your first job interview questions. This is the only substantive thing as an 18 or 19-year-old that you have done in your life. So you need to use it as, you know, a pivot to your first job, which actually is more important. And so rather than the discussion about the mark, it's about the experience that you have. And I think focusing on that is what is probably more important and also encouraging a really good relationship with your parents because they want the best from you. As a teenager, sometimes you don't see that, but over time, you realize they actually just want to help you in any way that they can. And so, if that means actually asking them to teach you how to use Excel, because I didn't know, and you know, other things about how to better schedule, you know, anything to do with project management, they're awesome questions to be asking before your first year in uni when you're somehow magically expected to know how to do them. So, you know, ask ahead of time when, you know, you are a kid, when you feel like you're allowed to ask those questions so that when you do step out of year 12, you are really healthy, you're confident about how to approach more of life and 
and then get excited to be then sharing that information on with people that want to support you. I love that. The only thing I would add to that is anyone who discusses their ATAR, okay, like first year out of school, I'll accept it. Second year out of school, I'm like red flag. Do you know what I mean? Like that should be a point in time that you've got, I did it, tick, got some stuff, you know, um, but anything beyond that, you that can't just be your only measure of success in life because what that really goes to show is it, that should only be the starting blocks of what's next. I think the other things I would say is the HSC doesn't measure your emotional intelligence. It doesn't measure how successful you are going to be in business. It doesn't measure any of these things, but it is a good point in time to everyone's point of showing tenacity, showing resilience, showing how you showed up and met a challenge. Um, there's always a third door if you don't get into your preference. You know, there's so many friends I have of mine that pivoted, transferred. I was a transfer into law. Um, friends who, for example, you know, weren't in the best headspace. You know, after 21, you can always enter as a mature age student. But the focus should really just be how can I use this time to maximize my results because it's the fastest way, really. Um, so those would be my kind of key takeouts. I guess the other thing would be don't be afraid to ask for help and make sure that if it's friends, if it's a tutoring service, if it's an older sibling or a friend's older sibling, get them to reach out and reach out to them and see if they can review anything. Um, on that point, George, if students perhaps are listening and wanting to hear more about your services, where can they find you and what services do you offer? Uh, so my tutoring company specializes in year 11 and 12 uh, subjects, and we only do three. So that's maths, which includes all maths from standard to four unit, uh, physics and biology. And if you want to check out more of my services, just go to www.acceleratedtuition.com.au or you can feel free to give me a call 040-665-763. There you go. So we hope for our listeners, perhaps it's you, perhaps it's a family friend, you know, we hope that this really helps give you an understanding of studying for success, some of the context that we have for HSC, and we just really wish all of our students who are listening the best of luck for their exams. Thank you once again from Creative Corporates and I'm not going to give you my mobile number, but we will give you our app at Instagram. So that's at Creative Corporates. Really hoping this shares some insights and experiences that's helpful. And thank you again for listening. Thank you. Thank you.